Um, Jamie Foxx seemed like a very genuine, sweet person. Um, he seemed very generous and he's and he, different. Like, not saying that I didn't expect him to be like that, but I would have expected Chris or Trey to be like what he was, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I know I have a lot of friends who've been wanting to meet him. They're like, I don't know, I hope he's not an asshole. I'm like, he's really not. He's actually a really nice guy, um, which is hard to find because you can never tell how celebrities are going to be because not a lot of them are as nice as they seem when they're being interviewed on the red carpet or whatever. Like they're not all super friendly like that. So when I do meet like celebrities that are actually down to earth and chill and look at you like a person and not like less of a, lesser of a person, you know, then yeah. I can respect that. Thanks. I don't, think, I don't think people should have a certain status in life. Like, I don't care if you're freaking Oprah. Like, you shouldn't belittle anybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm little, so I guess you could be whatever. But like, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody should look down on anyone because at the end of the day, celebrities are are just people too. Facts. They're not superheroes. That's true. <laughs> Yo, how's it going? Welcome to the Leo Black Show, Jenny. Hey, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So if you don't know already, we provide creatives with a platform to share the story and their journeys Uh, with you. We want to start from the beginning all the way to the latest. What's happening now? How'd your journey start? Where is it at now? Where you intend on going, taking it? Let's hear it. Okay, well, uh, I was born in New Jersey, raised in Texas. Um, I actually starred in the film industry. That sounds bad when I just start off saying <laughs> film. I don't, every time I say film, I'm like, I don't. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but I was. Hey, nothing's wrong with that. Even if you're on the adult. Hey, my my bro is a, is a bomb pom uh, a porn star, and that's family. You want me shout out Ricky oh, Johnson? That's hey. my brother. You know Ricky Johnson. No. I, I don't. Um, okay. But Next I time you're on Pornhub, look at Ricky Johnson. That's my Ricky brother. Johnson? That's my black brother. Huh? I said I was like, no, let me save that. Let me look it up later. <laughs> uh, but um, well, I don't have anything against it. It's just that um, I'm a pastor's daughter, oh, and a pastor's okay. kind of on me for yeah, like the stuff that I do isn't even bad. But I couldn't go around my parents in like a tank top and they'll shun me. Like I, I can't even, I can't wear stuff like this. I have to be wearing a bag of t-shirt around them. So. Yeah, you grow up with strict like, parents. How was that growing um, up with strict parents? Being strict, being strict, well, not, okay, not being strict, but being Asian yeah. and being a pastor. Like those are just two, that's a combination for failure for your children because they put me like in a box. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I couldn't have friends over. I couldn't leave. Um, I couldn't even be in my room because they didn't trust me or what I would do in my room. So I had to be like in their sight at all times. And that was, that was pretty much my childhood. So I felt super free when I turned 18 and I dipped. It was great. <laughs> Thanks. Well, what was that like, you know, turning 18 and is that when you moved to Texas or did you transition to LA at that point? Um, no, uh, I just moved out of my parents' house. I was in Texas already, but okay. I remember I was like, when I was 16, I made, you know, you know, when you're in elementary school, I don't know if you guys did this, but um, you would count down the days to Christmas with like little paper chains. So every day you like rip off 
like 28 days, 27 days, 26. Right. So I had one of those I made until I turned 18. And I called them the shackles that I wore on the house. <laughs> and my parents would just see the chain going around my room and like, what is this? I'm like, it's the day I get out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I remember the, like, the day I turned 18, I was like, I'm out. But um, it's crazy, like the relationship that you have with your parents when you're younger versus when you turn to an adult and you understand. Because me and my parents did not have a good relationship. Like we pretty much hated each other. We felt like enemies under the same roof until, yeah, until I get older and I'm not as as much of a rebel because I have freedom. But then you start to learn and see why your parents teach you certain things because, you know, when you're younger, it just looks like they're just trying to ruin your life, but they're really doing the opposite. So, yeah, yeah. my parents pretty um they saved me from from going down the rabbit hole i guess <laughs> yeah Fact. so uh how did you how'd you get into acting how did that start oh yeah that's what we were talking about yeah so so i started an independent film mm -hmm. um i was doing a lot of drama and horror stuff it was like a lot of it was like mostly short but I was working a lot behind the camera. I was doing um, production. I was directing. I was doing all that when I was a kid um, until I moved to L.A. And I realized that everyone here is in social media. And I didn't know. I didn't have anything like I might have had Facebook, but I didn't really use it. Um, I definitely didn't have Instagram. And I came out here four years ago without Instagram. And I didn't know that that was not a good thing because <laughs> everyone in L.A. is like, hey, I don't <laughs> do what they're like, oh, Instagram. You got Instagram? I was like, no. They're like, how do you not? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but the secret is, I don't like social media, and I know it's so bad to be, you know, working on social media and not enjoying it. But it's only because it's, you know, it can be good or bad depending on how you look at it. Like there's activity on there that I would like to. You know, I wish I could like refrain from, but it's hard, especially, you know, if you're, if you have a fan base, because right. if you have fans, you're always going to have trolls, you're always going to have haters. There's going to be people that love you and there's going to be people that hate you. Right. So that's, that's one of the negative sides of it, um, especially for me, because I'm sensitive. So right. someone like, why are you selling tooth products? Your teeth ain't even white. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, and I'll, I'll be so quick to delete it. I'm like, I do not have yellow teeth, do I? And I'll start believing that. <laughs> so, you know, um, I totally forgot your question. <laughs> Did I answer it? I hope I answered it. Yeah, so how'd you, how'd you get started in acting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I started when I was, um, when I was in theater when I was 14, and I just fell in love with it. And when I came out here initially, that's what I was planning on pursuing. But then my aspirations changed. But I was going to wait till you asked me what my end goal was. And then I was going to bring it up. So okay. I guess I can bring it up now. Full circle. Plot. <laughs> it's a plot twist. <laughs> so um, my main goal in life is to have um, a suicide prevention organization, which okay. I'm, I'm trying to get the ball rolling on that. But it's hard because, you know, there's kind of a pandemic right now. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of like hindering me from moving forward, but I'm trying to make content for suicide prevention. It's basically just to help people that are depressed or go through or have anxiety and, you know, stuff like that. Cause there's, there's a lot of people that are 
either suicidal right now or they're really going through it. And it's not just the pandemic, but it's just life and everything that's going on, you know, especially having to deal with 2020. At, 2020 came for us. <laughs> it just hit us out of nowhere. So people are really going through it right now. And, yeah. you know, we, we all need, we all need somebody. And yeah, it's exactly. really, it's so easy to feel like you're alone. And I feel like it's our job as influencers to influence in a positive way and, right. you know, and try to eliminate all the negativity. And that's one of the things that I love doing. Thinking I wanted to act. I didn't even know I could do comedy because I don't see myself as a funny person. <laughs> I think. You're I think that would funny, I'm, okay? I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't see. <laughs> I think what I go through is funny. And I like, you know, telling people about all the awkward, terrible situations I've been through. And then that's, it's easy to make fun of. But what I loved about it was that people would say, you know, thank you so much for the laugh. I really needed that today. Or thank you for, for bringing me up when I was down or distracting me from all the chaos I have going on in the world. Because just like movies, it's a distraction from your reality, you know, because your mind gets captivated in alternate reality other than whatever the hell you're going through. And I think that's so important to just like, for someone to smile or to make somebody smile is huge because you never know what someone's going through or what, breaking point they're about to hit but all it takes is telling a stranger like hey i hope you're having a good day or letting them know that you're not alone no matter what you're going through like that's i think that's huge so for me it's i do love acting but at the end of the day if i could just like help people and save lives even just by making them smile i'd rather do that (laughs) hey that's true especially in entertainment this these past couple years has been crazy from Mac Miller to Little Peep to Juice World, you know, mm-hmm. all, all dying of, of suicide. So it's important to spread that, you know, universally to everyone because you never know who needs that advice, who needs that help, that support. Um, yeah. But let's talk about a, a personal experience with you. You know, what made you want to advocate for this in specific? Was there a, a really down like point in your in your life where you just hit rock bottom and you felt like you know just kind of just freeing yourself from it? Yeah. um, So I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety. Um, I saw a psychiatrist all the time, therapist. You you know, you really got to go through it to know the difference between a psychiatrist and a therapist and like all that. They're all different, but I've been through all of them. Um, I was even institutionalized. I was in a mental hospital for Uh, suicide. Like, yeah. And I was 5150 or 5585. Wait, what? Where are you going? You're like 5150 when you said you were institutionalized. Wait, I don't get it. Okay, continue. Oh, God, no, I feel, I feel like I missed something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna talk about that later. Um, no, but this this happened in Texas, and um, and basically it it turned my life around. I was I was the most depressed person you could ever imagine, and people would look at me today and not ever guess that. Um, but yeah, I definitely went through it and I was just, I, I attempted, I attempted multiple times. Um, but the hospital fixed me, even though it's definitely not a fun place to be in. We did not want to go there, but, um, that's kind of when being a pastor's daughter helped me because I had so much alone time to just pray. And all that prayer is what really like, it, it just, you know, prayer isn't for everybody, but it definitely helped me get out of that dark place. And I never really took the time to 
to actually sit and talk to God and let him know that, you know, that I needed him at that moment because I was at the lowest point in my life. And the thing that really, really put it in perspective for me was uh, the day that I got admitted into the hospital. They let me see my mom before I went in. And she came running up to me and she was crying. And my mom's the happiest person. She never cries unless I make her cry like an instant like that. But um, she ran up to me and she was like, do you know that if you had killed yourself, I would have killed myself? And just to hear those words is crazy to come from your mom. Right. Freaking gave you life. Because I'm like, I would not want to freaking, that's basically like me killing her because I killed you know and she I I still have a brother I still have a a dad her husband so there's like other people in her life that she wouldn't even consider too because she's so sad about me so I'm like people need to realize that suicide is it is a selfish act but I understand where it comes from but at the same time you have to like consider all the people's lives you're affecting because it's not just you like your absence will affect everyone around you and not in a positive way. Um, So that was, so going through that really like put in perspective for me. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go down this path anymore. I'm going to choose the high road, but I got very, I was very blessed to have made it through that because there's, you know, there's a lot, there's so many suicides. There's so many people that don't have that luxury of escaping that mentality. It's such a hard, like your brain is so powerful that it can control your mind into thinking like, like killing yourself is the only way out and it's not, but it's really easy to manipulate yourself into thinking that. So I feel like it's my job to convince people otherwise to let them know, Hey, I'm not just a random person who thinks, who feels bad for you that you're going through this and thinks you can get out. No, I'm speaking from experience. Like I got through it so you can get through it. Facts. (laughs) And, um, Yeah, that's that's a very noble thing of you to do, to be involved in an organization and have one of your own. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Um, Let's let's continue in acting. So one of your first films that you really start in you, by the way, you have a long ass catalog of future films that you've been in, by the way. Um, But one of your major films, one of your first is Trust uh, Trust and Obey. One of your first big feature films. Oh my gosh! How did, how did that happen, and how did you continue your catalog and acting, and all those roles for inspiring actors that want to be in the industry and want to go to LA and pursue a career in acting? Can you give me any advice? You know how to start your career and how to continue it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, honestly, it, it depends where you're at too. It makes a difference um, because. Mm. <laughs> if you if you advise to people from Houston and you're trying to act good, you can definitely like start small, but if you want to expand from that, you've got to like go somewhere, <laughs> like yeah. either Atlanta or LA, New York. Only and I only say that because there's not really there's not really room for growth there. Whereas out here, like I'm in I'm in LA currently where we have so many other like we have things we can build off of and we have a lot of people to collab with and there's just so many more opportunities out here because it's kind of like the city i wouldn't say the city of dreams but like the city of where everything's happening like you'll find endless casting calls here if you want to get into film or or television commercial whatever whereas in houston 
<laughs> if you try submitting yourself for anything in Houston, it's going to be like, it's, it's either going to say like non-paid or, um, or <laughs> free DVD copy food and like, which, you know, that's cool and all, but if you're going to work on a film and put in your whole like 12 hours into that, like for something that may or may not ever be seen, like a lot of the stuff I've done, I can't even show you because I don't know where it went. And I'm not the type to be like, hey, director, where is this oh, film we worked on? Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you shoot, you lose their contact, and what all that work that you put into something is just gone. Um, and I'm not trying to talk super negative on it. Like, it's definitely a start, because I got yeah. a lot of experience from that. Yeah. Um, my first role I booked was off of Craigslist. Yeah. He was <laughs> that who is like there's a couple casting sites but they're not they're not as helpful because there's not so much going on so don't get me wrong there's something being done but it's not anything that would probably really get as far as it would if it was shot like in LA um only because they have this is just like the center for it whereas like over there everyone just has the typical nine to fives and stuff which I mean you have that here too but it's more so people come here for this for a reason. They don't just come here just right. because like, you know, I see movies were made here. No, like it's, this is literally what we're here for. So um, there's definitely places people can get started. And I would say to look up some casting sites if that's something you're interested in. But first and foremost, acting, act, bleh, can't talk. acting classes, acting yeah. class help anybody and everybody. Even if you're a great actor already, it's so helpful and it and it just you won't even realize how bad at acting you could be until you take an act. <laughs> um, but yeah, they helped tremendously. Like there were things I didn't know I needed to work on until I hopped in there. But it really does. It helps you a lot. Um, and you know, sometimes people don't realize that they have to work on anything until they get that critique and that con that constructive criticism. So I think those are good good stepping stones, personally. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Houston, um, that's the city you're from in, in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the culture of Houston? Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about the cold? Yeah, because, I mean, you hear, like, Drake talk about it a lot, like, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, you know. it's a lot of songs about it. Obviously, there's a lot of culture in Houston. And plus, Texas is a big state to, like, move to right now. Obviously, they have the blizzard and everything that's happening out there, which isn't good at all, but... Before then, it was a hot spot because you can get property for a good price, a lot of tax write-offs and things like that. So a lot of tech companies and such are moving in Texas right now. Um, so talk about some advice for, for people who are just now moving in Texas. What advice would you give them? And talk about the culture with some spots. Can I talk about the prices first? Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. we talk about, like, living. See, as far as, like, working in L.A., that's great for work. But, like, living is better in Houston, in my um, in my opinion, okay. besides the cold that just happened. Um, only because cost of living is, God, I wish I had the cost of living over here. <laughs> like, I gas over there is probably like, like some, well, now it, it raised, but it's like $2 and something, something. Um, but before it was like, before it was like a dollar, like I would see a dollar 19, and I'm like, that was like back in the day. Oh, was it a dollar 19? <laughs> Over here in LA, it's like, well, almost like four something, almost $5 or whatever. It's it's just crazy over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything in Texas or in Houston 
I can't say everywhere in Texas because Austin's pretty pricey, but in Houston, everything is just so cheap. Like you could get a huge four bedroom house for like 800 a month and it's going to be nice. Um, but everything there from the foods, the groceries, the stores, everything there is significantly more affordable. Now, if you, if you just made a money, then I guess it, this is kind of irrelevant, but <laughs> those people who are, this, who are like, like I'm a penny pincher. I might not look like it, but I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, me appreciate low prices on yeah. everything. So that is something that I miss. Also the food. <gasps> you got any spots you recommend as far as the food? Oh, oh man. <laughs> well, Cajun, go to any, well, I don't know if a lot of people, I don't know like where your audience is typically from or if they're from everywhere, but Cajun food is one of my favorites. And I feel like not a lot of people like where I'm at currently really like mess with Asian food. Oh, Asian, wow. Cajun food. <laughs> but over there, but I guess because we get, well, they get a lot of food from like Louisiana, like crawfish and stuff. And it's so bomb. If you never try crawfish, you need to try crawfish. It's so fire. Um, people say it's a lot of work for little reward, but I mean, if the reward is worth it, <laughs> but yeah, this, um, this pretty much any Cajun spot over there is fire. Seafood there is fire. Barbecue, of course. Oh, yeah. um, but if you, if you're just looking for something quick, Whataburger, definitely Whataburger. I know you heard about Whataburger. It's yeah. That's like, like, that's like the in and out of Texas for real. Yeah. Yeah. It's different, but it's, but that's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> but the food over there in Texas is great. Like, I know I'm going to gain, like, 15 pounds every time I go visit. But, but I mean, you know, it's good food. But that's only if you're not vegan. If you're vegan, then you probably shouldn't go, to be honest. Because yeah. it's known for, like, their meat and big portions and fattening you up. There's also yeah. not a lot of people I know that work out there, interestingly enough. Like, like, like when the pandemic happened here and they closed all the gyms, you saw everyone at the parks. It was like, like parks are like the new clubs. Like they're packed. Everybody's working out. I'm like, dang, people here really care about fitness. But you go to Houston, like no one's, no one's anywhere. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) at the park. Nobody. I'm like, this is so empty. (laughs) Yeah, people don't really care. I feel like I'm speaking for everybody in Houston. I'm not. I'm just speaking for like what I see when I go back and visit. That's just... That's just what it is. But yeah, go for the food and the prices. I'm a homebody, so I can't really speak on spots as yeah. far as like clubs and stuff. Because um, I'm I'm actually pretty boring. I'm an introvert. So my okay. ideal fun time is just Netflix and chilling and eating and chilling. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and let's talk about nutrition a little bit and health. Obviously, with the pandemic, it's not ideal to work out at gyms. So how you been going about staying in shape? I'm in shape. <laughs> oh my god. Um Yeah, you could be like I, a fitness coach. <laughs> with this chin, what? <laughs> Honestly, I used to be I used to be a lot skinnier. Well, I don't consider myself skinny now, honestly. But um but I've gained a lot of like this is the most weight I've had in a couple of years which you wouldn't you would know if you if you looked at like if you like scroll through my videos and that's how I can tell because I'll look at like my comedy like my YouTube videos that I started like, <laughs> and then okay, now and I'm like it's just so round all of a sudden what happened 
but I get it. Like as soon as the gyms, cause I've always eaten really bad. I've never been the healthy food advocate. I've always been promoting like McDonald's and like all the worst <laughs> fattening foods you could think of. That's all that I eat all the time, which yeah. before when I was, when I was thin, mm-hmm. I was like, I could get away with it. I could get it because I was working out. But right. then once the gym closed, I don't have that motivation at home. I really don't because yeah. what helped me lose weight was leaving home to the gym. Right. <laughs> and so now that I'm at home, it's like I end up like I could be, I could do two crunches and then somehow end up in my fridge. <laughs> I don't know. How. But I go to my fridge, I'll go to my bed and, you know, I could be, I could be doing a couple of squats in the living room and I'll be like, that's a comfy looking couch. I should <laughs> game over for me, you know, <laughs> but there's anytime I see a lot of fitness people on the gram, I'm like, how are they so motivated to work out at home all the time? Like right. some of these girls are literally working out all the time with just a mat, like no equipment. I'm like, I wish in another life, I wish I could be like a, like a personal trainer or something. I wish I could work out like that. Cause I don't. Like for me to work out, if I'm not at a gym, I need a trainer or I need someone to yell at me and tell me what to do because I can't yell at myself. Like I don't have that discipline. So whatever it is I'm doing, if it's jumping jacks or something, I'll do like two and be like, am I skinny yet? Or I'll do like a squat. Like, Do I I got a booty yet? No. Okay. So that's, (laughs) that's pretty much how I am. So I feel like I'm the least motivating when it comes. (laughs) <laughs> to like eating right and working out um but i would say like if anyone's gonna eat like me the way i do like a thousand pounds of food a day you probably should work out um but now outdoor gyms are opening so that's cool but whenever i do get to motivate myself i put on some workout videos because at least yeah I stick to as many reps as they're doing but sometimes I'm cheating though. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's too many. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So let, let's move on to your YouTube following. You got a huge YouTube following. You stay consistent with your content. How did that come about? You get into YouTube? Uh, well, once I finally got the Instagram app, <laughs> like four years ago, um, I started getting into the comedy world and I, I became friends with a lot of different creators on the gram that would always make skits for Instagram. And that was most, like, that's where everyone was popping was Instagram. Everyone was always making the skits on there. And yeah. then it took one of our friends, I don't even remember which, okay, I kind of remember which one, but it took one of our friends to hop on the YouTube bandwagon. And then once he got on there and his following followed him there, we saw like, just how he could make longer content stuff. We all were like, oh my God, let's hop on that trend. And then I just fell in love with it for me because before IGTV, it was just a minute max, right? And that wasn't good for me because I'm I'm a writer and I love writing super long content. And to to like have to keep it under a minute, I was good at those really quick beats. And I didn't like it because my mind went like further than that. Like I wanted to create longer, like almost short films. And I feel like on YouTube, it's kind of like mini short films, you know? So what I loved about that is I I can literally take my time. I could take all day long with it. Like I can just sit there and have a normal conversation with someone and not try to rush it and cut it. And I edit all my stuff too. 
So it was always the worst having to try to cut out all the great material just to keep it under a minute. So now that like YouTube, they prefer every, like all our content to be longer. I'm like, it's just like, I can do whatever I want, but not really, not, not everything. You, <laughs> the thing about YouTube is they always pick on me for like nudity. And I don't know if you ever watch my stuff, but I am never nude. The most I'll do is a tank top and, and booty shorts. Like these are the shortest my shorts will get. And then I'll wear something low cut. And that's pretty much it. But they will, they'll, they'll delete a thumbnail that has me in shorts and say nudity. That's I'm like, do you know what nudity is? And have you seen what else is on YouTube? Right, right. So that's, that's one of those things that get me. But um, yeah, I fell in love with just being able to keep my content longer on YouTube because it's not really, there's not really a limit, you know, exactly. the longer the better. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, so someone who's inspired to become a YouTuber one day, who checks out your content, how would you, how would you, what advice would you give them, you know, in regards of starting a YouTube channel, building content, staying consistent with content, how should they go about it? What has helped you? You know, I've, I've gotten friends that want to get into it, ask me that before. They were like, you know, what did you do? Like, what, what worked for you? And I'm like, I could tell you, but what works for me isn't going to work for, for everybody. You know, right, like right. everybody has their own strategy. And sometimes like people will try to follow a certain format and wonder why it's not working because right. everyone has their own lane right. and different things work for different people. So for me, right. what worked was collabing with a lot of big YouTubers. And luckily okay. I, you know, I was in the right place to where I could meet these people and work with them. And at the same time, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it is, I feel like it's easier for, for females to network only because we've got some assets. <laughs> like, right. you know, I'm not, gonna hey. act like we, I'm not gonna act like we don't use our bodies to, to get us places. But like, you know, I mean, I like, like for me, thumbnails help, which get, you know, deleted sometimes, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but I would say the best advice I could give to somebody that could work for anyone is to just, number one, be super consistent. So if you're going to try something, you can just try it out for a couple of days, see it's not working, and then stop because that's not yeah. how it goes. Because once you start, it's not going to kick off immediately. You're not going to post right. a video and get like 100,000 views immediately. Like right. that's, that's something that has to take off later. Sometimes it takes one viral video and, or sometimes YouTube just pushes it and just recommends you to, you know, to whoever, whatever audience you're, you're trying to reach. But I would say be yourself, you know, do something that you want to do. Don't try to do what everyone else is doing because that might not right. be for you. So do something that you want to do that works for you. Mm -hmm. and just keep doing it and just keep posting and just be consistent. It's very easy to, to get discouraged when you're looking at numbers. Right. So you, you can't even pay attention to that. Right. You really have to just focus on, on, on doing it just keep going because if you stop there's an algorithm that's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna mess with you it's not gonna help you out stop so sometimes you have to get into a certain rhythm um for youtube i would say what has worked for a lot of people is if you can't post every day that's hard i've never been able to do that but at least three times a week which yeah. is also tricky um i've I was posting like twice a week and that was already not good enough apparently. <laughs> but if you can post three times a week just to get content out there and just to develop a good rhythm, I okay. think that's really 
Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Another helpful, another helpful thing on YouTube, I would say thumbnails and titles because yeah. people will scroll past right past your thumbnail. If it's just like, like if it's just, <laughs> you know, if it's not intriguing, yeah, right. they're not going to click on it. So your title and your thumbnail, those are important. Okay. And what are some creators that inspired you? I would say, um, you know, seeing, seeing certain, I don't want to really put certain people on blast. Exactly. I mean, I can tell you, cause I was going to say, I have some friends who are like pretty big YouTubers that I saw, I saw them when they were homeless, you know, they yeah. started off from like from having nothing to yeah. getting on YouTube. And then now they've got like a big house and they're, they're, living comfortably you know yeah. well hold on. was that logan paul was that was that the part no. who are we talking no. about no i don't talking about jeffree star yeah sure that gotta be pewdiepie huh <laughs> no <laughs> are there um, any huge youtubers like that you know that that um that you're inspired by like a, a pewdiepie or jeffree star logan brothers you know, I actually okay. So, so one of my good friends is Timothy Delaghetto, okay. and, he, and he's I'll actually one. Timothy. Yeah, he he's a man. Um, he he's actually the one who can. He's one of the few people. There were like three people that convinced me to move out here. Yeah. Um, it was him. It was Noel G. And it was uh, my therapist. <laughs> but they're like, you need to you need to go to LA. I feel like you'd be happier there. Just try it out. Um, they weren't wrong, but yeah. Um, Timothy, I was watching his videos since I was since I was a kid, which kind of makes him seem older. But <laughs> but um, but I just remember watching his stuff all the time, and so being able to, you know, to actually be cool with him and then see how see his growth too, and like what like where he's at now, it's just it's really inspiring, you know. And um, I remember like we got to eat places he'd always pay, and I was always like the broke one, like I never. <laughs> like I want I was like he's got it all I mean I'm not saying I'm like walling right now but like it just seemed like he had everything together whatever he's like you know YouTube YouTube pays really well Jenny and I was like that's a go <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> but um he also helped me to open up because I was really like I'm still shy I have a yeah. switch I can turn on but at the end of the day I'm still like, an introvert I just yeah. hide it well um, so he convinced me to, you know, get in front of the camera more and get on the internet. Cause like I said, at the time I didn't have social media, so it's a different film and, and social media are two completely different worlds. I mean, in a sense, they, they can benefit each other, but it's, 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 it's totally different. Okay. Um, but you know, it's helped to get to know both, but as far as like talking to the camera like this, like I used to not be able to do that. I'm not, right. I wasn't used to in the fourth wall um because that's like more of a social media thing as far as film you really never look at it <laughs> um but yeah he pretty much helped me get out of my shell to and he was like motivation to help to show that you know this is a lifestyle that you could get used to and and he was right <laughs> yeah it's not it has its ups and downs it, every yeah. i feel like every job has its pros and cons so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, guys, be a content creator. It's the best. Like, no, it's not for everybody. And there are definitely downsides to it. That's facts. Yeah. But as far as what I'm trying to do and like I'm trying to use my platform to help people because of that, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, Timothy, I believe Timothy's Asian, right? Is he? He's super Asian. Yep. 
He's Asian. <laughs> you're, you're, what's your ethnicity? Also Asian. Asian, okay. But, but to be more specific, um, because there's like a trillion different Asians out there, but I'm Filipina. Filipino? He's, okay. oh, he's, he's Thai. I think he's Thai. He's Thai? Well, I know they all look the same, probably, but. <laughs> right. No, so there's Thai and there's Taiwanese. Thai is spelled like T H A I. Yeah. Like Thailand. And then there's Taiwan. Yeah, I know. You're probably like, they're all, you all, you all, they're all the same. But. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, there's definitely from different I'm, regions. I'm Filipino. Um, yeah, so I know Filipinos Filipino. navigated from like Hawaii, right? Uh, well, Phil, I mean, we, we look the same, but Filipinos are actually, I like to call us Spasians. Okay. We're like Spanish Asians. Right. I guess the Spaniards just at one point. I'm not really good at history, but <laughs> something about the Spaniards raping us or something like that. Uh, so, um, so now we like a lot of our language is in Spanish. Like we have numbers in Spanish. We can tell time in Spanish. Um, a lot of our words are the same. So, if you were to hear us talk, you'd be a little confused because you would hear Asian, but you'd hear Spanish together. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, like my dad's name is Jaime, which. Yeah. Imagine Jackie Chan being like, I'm home it. Like, it's weird. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah like, my, my family, they all have Spanish names. Um, like, my last name is Babas, which is Spanish for, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, drool or spit. And, like, I remember in high school, like, all the, the Mexicans would be like, oh, Jenny spits. I'm like, oh, that's so funny, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. But, um, but yeah, to tell anyone that like like if people were to call me Jenny Spitz and I said I worked in the film industry, it was just not a good combination <laughs> of <Right>. things for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I like to consider myself Spasian. Well, and then so, I, so you about know, that. Well, what was it like coming up as an Asian, you know, in the industry, and what hurdles did you have to overcome, and how were you able to use it as your to your advantage? You know, obviously building a relationship with Timothy, another Asian creator, was one of them. Um, what are some other things? Well, okay, to be honest, like I love being Asian now, and that's actually one of my catchphrases, and I have it on the shirts. I'm Asian. <laughs> um, Clayton Thomas is who actually made that phrase for me. He had me saying, I'm Asian in like every skit. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to call him CT, not Clayton. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was, he had me saying, I'm Asian in every video to the point where it became mine. I've had to get. But, um, <laughs> As proud of I am, as proud as I am of that now, I wasn't like that before. Like before okay. I, I, when I was younger, I hated being Asian. I hated it. And I refused to learn how to speak my language only because I got bullied so much for it. Cause kids are mean, man. Like I don't know how they are now. We're all the same height, whatever. But back in the day, I would get teased for so much, not only my height, which is another thing we got to talk about, but I got teased so much for being Asian. This was back before Asian fetishes, because now apparently guys love Asian girls. So, like, but back then I had the worst time. Like guys would tell me, and you can laugh, it's fine. Guys would be like, oh, you see everything in widescreen or <laughs> you need to open your eyes. They're always closed and um, oh, I hate Asian girls. Like, they can't even see anything. Like, they were just always like, it was a lot worse for me. And being a sensitive little girl, like, they roasted me. And I was not, 
like I would have a crush on a guy and he would say like, oh, she's Asian. And I would like, that would make me not want to be Asian. I'm like, if I, if I can't get a guy because I'm Asian, I don't want to be Asian anymore. (laughs) But little did I know I'd grow up into a world of guys. Majority of my exes had Asian fetishes. I'm like, where were y'all when I was a kid? Nobody (laughs) liked it before, apparently. Um, But yeah, so being able to get older and like embrace it. It's, it's such a good feeling. And that also goes hand in hand with being four foot 10. I don't know if you were going to ask me about my height, but if you Google it, it's, I'm technically a dwarf and I get, <laughs> I've gotten picked on so much more for being short than Asian. Like I got picked on for both, but being short. Yeah. yeah Cause Filipinos was- are usually pretty tall, right? I don't think so. Really? I think Chinese people can be tall. Um, Filipino, I, like Filipino, I had a best friend named that's Filipino. His name Andre Rochelle. We grew up together. But when I come across Filipinos, at least my personal experience, they're taller than like Korean or Chinese people. I could be wrong. Just their really? body type well, is a little, little bigger. It's hard for me to tell if someone's short or not. Like to me, uh, everyone's tall. Yeah. Like I would girls who are like five feet tall and I wouldn't know that they're short because okay. I'm of that so yeah. like I stand next to them they're towering over me yeah. so someone would be like, hey, short I'm like that's short to you yeah because yeah. I really <laughs> I really do think of these people are so tall but they're like five two <laughs> hey all you gotta do is throw on some hills and you straight throw on some six inch pumps you're good Let's talk about um, let's talk about far as like your comedy because I know you use that as your advantage as well. You know, like all the jokes and things that people made fun of you early on, you're able to reverse that and use it in your comedy. You know, how how did you end up doing that? You know, anytime I see comedians that are like of a certain that have a certain physical trait that they pick on, I feel like it's it started off of an insecurity, right? So right. like if someone um what they considered overweight i feel like they're always making fat jokes right about themselves right. or if like and then i i know a midget comedian not me but a midget comedian <laughs> who would always make fun of his height and so i think like or or i knew a dude who like wasn't your ideal model type and he would always roast himself about how ugly he thought he was or whatever so i think it all kind of starts off of an insecurity and right. I think what we do, or at least what I did, was I would make fun of myself before someone else could. Right. So all they did was like laugh with me instead of at me. Right. It's like the Eminem <laughs> effect of Eight Mile. <laughs> yeah. So after, right. So after that, I was like, okay, cool. I kind of beat them to the punch. I mean, of course, they'll add on their own funnier jokes or whatever, but it made me feel better that I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was being laughed at anymore. Now I felt like we could all laugh together about right. me. So that was something that I started kind of throwing into my comedies. I was like, let me start making Asian jokes about myself. Next thing you know, a million freaking, okay, not a million, but <laughs> hello short chicks could relate. Short guys right. could relate. And, and, you know, being able to, to let people feel how you feel, that's something that people like watching because they know that they're not alone in anything. So, yeah, I love that I'm able to, kind of not only make fun of myself but people can laugh at it and relate to it at the same time i mean tall people can't relate but they can laugh at it you know <laughs> facts are there any um are there anybody in the industry right now that you want to work with as far as acting influencers creators <laughs> 
Sadly, I don't watch enough of anything on any social. Okay, remember I said I didn't have social media before, so yeah. there were a lot of a lot of creators that I didn't even know existed, and I'd be working with some bigger names, and I wouldn't know who I was working. I would just I just look at everyone like people, you know. Yeah. So I would be working with someone like Jahan Jones. He's one of my really good friends, and I remember at the time I would work with him, and I didn't know who he was. I would just like work with him, whatever. And then my friends back in Texas would be like you're working with John. I love him. I watch all his stuff. And I'm like, wait, what, really? What did he do? And like, I didn't, but that's how it would be with a lot of my friends. It's like, I kind of, I would never really look at them like they're not saying I wouldn't think highly of them, but I just wouldn't look at anyone like they're celebrities. I look at everyone like, like we're all people, you know? Right. So I never really watched content myself because I wasn't in social media. So when I got it, I would just post. I would create my own stuff, but I wouldn't watch anything, which is kind of bad because it's like I'm not really showing support for my friends. I'm not watching their stuff, but it still surprises me every time someone's like, oh, I want you to meet so-and-so. I'm like, who's that? They're like, how do you not know who that is? So honestly, yeah. there's not a lot of like creators that I haven't met that I don't know, right. but, um, but I can say that I wouldn't mind working with the same people every day because I love, I love my friends. I love the people that I work with that you already see my videos. Um, I'm always open to working and collabing with new people. But as far as my circle, I'm very happy with the talent that's around me right now. Okay. And who's the talent in your circle? You got Jahan Jones. Who else in your circle? We got, yeah. Um, Persephone is one of my favorite people to work with. Persephone, Tell me, okay. you know, Persephone. Persephone. Yeah. So we've got her, um, Amy Jackson. She was, she was one of my favorites. So she decided to dip. She went to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> so we got, we got Troy. I love working with Big Jaw, Minx, all of them. Um, I have some close friends that aren't like that are just getting into it that I want to help out to help them grow too. Um, as far as recognizable names though, um, Canigra, um, Kmore. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be easier if you name stuff. And I said, yes, but you know, just, um, I feel like it, whatever, <laughs> I feel like I, I'm correlated with a lot of black people. Like you type in like Thanks. a black influencer and then my name, my, my videos will pop up too, which is so interesting to me, Thanks. but I love it. I love that. I mean, I love all people, but I do have like a lot of, like, I have non-black people, like white people or whatever that'll watch my stuff and be like, why do you only work with black people? And I'm like, I don't only work with black people. I work with talent, period. <laughs> so right. I don't discriminate. If I find a talented individual that I want my videos, I'm not going to be like, I want you because you're black. Like, that's definitely not how it works to me. Like, yeah. I'm open to anything and everything. It just so happens, you know, all these talented people around me just happen to be black. <laughs> yeah. hey, Nothing's wrong with that. You're, I mean, you're Asian. You're collaborating <laughs> with blacks. Uh, other Asians, whites, yeah, like, Filipinos, I don't know why Hispanic people. So, right. I mean, obviously that's that's an advantage of yours. So what, what does your demographic look like in, in regards to that, of like collaborating with such a diverse crowd of people? Well, well, for one, my audience is, is male. <laughs> like I have like 92% male following, which it's funny because I don't show like OnlyFans type of stuff. I mean, I guess you could, I mean, I wouldn't even say almost. It, it's all about perspective, right? So for me, I look at stuff like this, like 
it's me trying to be sexy, but I could be way worse. Whereas there's dudes on my page that are always like, just do OnlyFans, you're already almost there. And I'm like, I didn't think this was that, I'm not twerking, I'm not, you know, doing the splits of my underwear. I don't know what, the, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are, are talking about, but majority of my audience are male. Yeah. And uh, a large majority of that are African-American, which that's, you know, that's that's totally cool. I have a lot of African-American friends. Um, I don't mind that. But at the end of the day, I don't pick my friends or people I work with by color. I pick by talent and vibes and who I who I connect with. And that's another thing I do when I choose who I work with is I work off of vibes. So if I'm not vibing with somebody, I'm not going to work with them. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's lit. That makes total sense. Um, yeah. I don't so, have. Uh, what do you I think? What do you, what do you think about OnlyFans? Have you started OnlyFans yet? Because there's there's artists and creators, entertainers that's on OnlyFans who don't show any nudity at all, and they're still able to collect, you know, and and really build a fan base on there as well. So, so the thing about that is, you know, like I said, me being a pastor's daughter. Like what I'm doing now, as far as like trying to show sex appeal in my comedy is already found upon. So it's yeah. kind of the most that I can do. Like I can't really right. do anything past that. Okay. Um, like showing off my body and stuff. So and it's kind of just like a respect thing for them too. Like I would hate right. for my dad to be scrolling and find out I was naked and stuff. That's yeah. No offense to anyone else is doing it, but mine would just, mine would just own me. So I can't. <laughs> Awesome, um, that's dope. Yeah, I, I got a lot of homies that's on OnlyFans that just be giving like advice and shit like that, like gems they wouldn't normally get out on the internet, just so people subscribe, so they show show them how to get to the bag or whatever the case may be. The thing is, I I already feel, I already know I'm gonna get so much hate for because people are gonna be like you're not naked, you're taking clothes. I already know, and <laughs> I just don't want to hear that. You know, like right. I know people are like. I didn't sign up to hear you talk or I didn't sign up to whatever, but I know it works for other people. And I know it works for dudes too, because I feel like when guys, you know, follow other dudes on OnlyFans, they're not trying to see them naked, especially if they don't do that. Whereas for me and my following, if my following found out I had an OnlyFans, they would like race to it and expect to see feet, expect to see just like whatever they wanted on Instagram that they weren't getting. And so, so, so I don't you know. Are, if you were an OnlyFans subscriber, who OnlyFans would you subscribe to? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Oh my gosh. I don't know everyone that has it. Um, Even if they don't got one, like hypothetically, you know, who would it be? If they don't have one and it could be anybody? It could be anybody. Oh, well, shoot. If JLo had an OnlyFans, why J-Lo. not? Right. <laughs> Right. Why why you rock with J Lo so much? These are really curvaceous women. So yeah. that's 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 one of my things. Not knocking anyone that's not, but everyone has a preference, right? Yeah. So so for me, like my type of woman, I don't know if I mentioned I was bisexual or if that's even a thing, but the type of women that I am attracted to are like the more the more curvier types. Not saying I wouldn't like anyone that's not, yeah. but if that's- I had to choose the only fans, it would be someone with, you know. <laughs> I, I was trying to drop sure. a power bottle if I did it. Coke bottle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. All right. So um, now that you've spoken to sexuality, you're bisexual. How did you figure out your sexuality? Oh, 
it's so funny because like my friends have been trying to convince me that I was bi since I was like since I was a kid. Like they were, I all the signs were there, but I was such in den- I was in denial. I was like, there's, I was like, I'm not. I like guys. I only I date guys. I don't date girls. Eh. But like they they just knew it. My friends know me, and like I guess I have little signs or yeah. little red flags there. Um, but I didn't really like I had even been with girls before, like yeah. in in systems or whatever, and I didn't think that I was because a guy was involved. And I was like, yeah. even though me and the girl did stuff a lot alone, I don't think that means I was into her, you know, but yeah. um, and it just, hit, it literally just hit me one day. Like, like I was, I was just like, I think I was staring at a chick booty or something. And I was like, <laughs> I stared it way too long. And I did in a way that I realized, like I want to do things to her. And then once I felt that, I was like, this isn't, I I'm not straight for sure. Like, this isn't something, this is a difference. You know, there's girls who just admire a pretty woman. Right. And then there's one to, like, <laughs> want to do everything to them. Like, there's a difference there. So once right. I realized that, I'm like, okay, let me test it out and get with a girl by herself. And then once I did it, I was like, yep, definitely bye. <laughs> but, but as far as, like, dating women, I couldn't date a woman. I, I could only date men. I could, like, hook up with girls, but I couldn't date one. Only because... They're complicated. They're crazy. I like simple. I, I don't like stress. <laughs> and I feel like men are very simple in, compared to, in comparison to a lot of women. Yeah. So if I had to date one, I would stick to dating men. Okay. You got any crushes out there? Any celebrity crushes? <laughs> I used to. So when I was younger, I was obsessed with Chris Brown. And then I met him. And I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> what, what was it about Chris Brown that turned you off? I like, I'm very much about personality and he was just like, I mean, I get, I get that he, you know, it's hard to not be cocky when you can get any woman in the entire world that you want, but like, it was just more so his vibe. Like he just wasn't with like the goofy younger him that I saw on screen. And the one that I met was just not like, I mean, you know, I'm not really afraid to say, I mean, I am, but I'm not, I just, (laughs) he was just a little douchey for me. Like I, and I don't like that. Like I love, first of all, I love people who are humble and respectful and genuine. And he just, I don't know. He didn't strike me as the type. So it's kind of turned off. (laughs) Is there anybody else out there that you, you look forward to meeting in the entertainment industry they ended up not being at all as it seemed. Like it was just like a turn off meeting them because their personality or whatever it didn't kind of match with their, with with, with the vibe they were putting out in the universe Trey. and the films and shit. Trey, oh my god, <laughs> Trey songs. This this motherfucker got some great love songs. And you meet him, like you, you would think it's you not call transparent. Their music, and then I met him, and I was like, what? <laughs> I feel bad. I'm talking mess about. <laughs> about people but like don't be i don't know don't be a bad person i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah because i'm all about you know respect and and i love gentlemen so yeah. like if you're not a gentleman then like right off the bat like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be interested anymore wow <laughs> so is there anybody that you met that has been transparent to their image to their public figure the image just been out there that you met any celebrities um jamie fox seemed like a very genuine, sweet person. Um, he seemed very generous and he's, and 
different. Like, not saying that I didn't expect him to be like that, but I would have expected Chris or Trey to be like what he was, you know? But yeah, like I know I have a lot of friends who've been wanting to meet him. They're like, I don't know, I hope he's not an asshole. I'm like, he's really not. He's actually a really nice guy, um, which is hard to find because you can never tell how celebrities are going to be because not a lot of them are as nice as they seem when they're being interviewed on the red carpet or whatever. Like they're not all super friendly like that. So when I do meet like celebrities that are actually down to earth and chill and look at you like a person and not like less of a, lesser of a person, you know, then yeah. I can respect that. Thanks. I, don't think, I don't think people should have a certain status in life. Like, I don't care if you're freaking Oprah. Like, you shouldn't belittle anybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm little, so I guess you could be whatever. But like, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody should look down on anyone because at the end of the day, celebrities are, are just people too. Facts. They're not superheroes. That's true. What's your zodiac sign? I'm assuming you're a Leo. I'm Capricorn. <laughs> you're Capricorn? Okay. Yeah. All right, nice. I would laugh so hard if you weren't if you're like a Sagittarius or something and you got Leo everywhere. Yeah, well my middle my middle name is Leo, so that's like that's my real name actually. Like, oh. Leo Black. <laughs> yeah. And then the black part. Yeah, that's my real that's, name. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You got a dope ass name. Yeah. Leo Black. That almost sounds like a porn star too though. I know, right? I used to have like an alias name, like the typical rapper name. And I was like, you know what? I'm over this shit. I'm just about to go by my regular name. What was the alias? Uh, trust me, I don't want to know. It was weak. It was okay, trash. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Jenny, I mean, are there any gems you want to drop before we get out of here? We covered a lot. Any projects um, you should be looking forward to? Well, Right now, my treatment center for my suicide prevention, um, for my, yeah, my organization isn't like, obviously it's not in effect yet because of the pandemic, whatever, but they can look out for content I will be dropping for anxiety and depression. I'll be posting some short films and stuff that are going to be helping people cope and I'll be giving advice out too because, you know, we all need to help each other, so. (laughs) That's right. All right, cool. Jenny, it's been so nice being tapped in with you. Thank you for tuning into the Leo Black Show. Look forward to following your career. You want to drop any social links? Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty much Jenny Babas on like every platform except Instagram is official Jenny Babas. I am on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Yep. <laughs> All right, talk soon. All right, cool. Thank you for having me. You too.